Pastor Katie. The gospel reading this morning comes from John's gospel. It's chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. This is the Easter story according to John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He, bowed, he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary, Mary Magdalene, she stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. and She saw two angels sitting in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, as we hear this story that for many of us is familiar, we pray, God, that in the midst of the familiarity, you would reveal yourself to us in, in a new way. May we experience you today on this, this Easter in a way that we've never experienced you before. May it be good and transformative and beautiful. And in this moment, 
May your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. So where did it all begin? Where was it that humanity first found themselves? And where was it that humanity first found themselves in trouble? So far, the first three worship services all got the question right. I'm awaiting an answer. The garden. Thank you, David Yoder. The garden. It all started in the garden. And it is in the garden that humanity found itself in trouble. You remember Adam and Eve, they, they eat of the, the fruit that they're not supposed to, to eat of, right? And once they eat it, they, they, feel, they feel guilt. They feel shame. Right? And what do they do? Well, because they feel this guilt and the shame there in the garden, they tried to hide. They tried to hide. But, but they hear the sound. The sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Come to find out, you can't hide from God. So God finds them and God says to them, guys, I made this paradise for you, this Eden, this, this place of perfection. But now you got to leave. So God casts them out of the garden. And God tells them that they must now dwell in the gardens of struggle and death. And so we see the, the struggle and the death throughout our holy scriptures. Indeed, we know all about struggle and death. But God, out of this deep love for creation, God says, you know what? We, we can't leave it this way. We can't leave it this way, and, and they're not going to be able to fix things themselves. So God says, let us make things right again. Let us bring things back into balance. Let us restore Eden. And so, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the incarnate Jesus, is the answer to the problems of struggle and sin and death. It is Jesus wrapped in human flesh. It is Jesus fully human, fully divine. It is Jesus living a life like ours, but without sin. It is Jesus nurtured in his mother's womb. It is Jesus vulnerable. Jesus depended upon a mother and family. Joseph, he's got siblings. His life is one that is filled with tears. Indeed, Jesus wept. But it's also a life that's full of laughter, learning, 
friendships, ministry. It's life. It's, it's real life. It's real life. But because it is real life, there is also real death. He's betrayed. He's a victim of the abuse of political and religious power. He's beaten, nailed to a tree, crucified. Thorns for a crown, a spear in his side, real death. He's placed in a tomb, his lifeless body in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, one of his closest companions, Mary Magdalene, she, she goes to the tomb. She goes to the tomb and she finds that the stone that is blocking the entrance to the tomb, that, that, that big heavy stone has been rolled away. And she's terrified. Like, what's going on here? Where is Jesus? Where is his body? Where have they taken him? And so in her, her terror, in her confusion, she sprints from the place that Jesus was buried back to where the disciples are. And she tells Simon Peter and this other disciple, his body's gone. The stone's rolled away. We do not know where they have put him. I mean, this is, this is tough stuff here. And so the two disciples, they, they, they take off running. They are in a race to the tomb. And the one gets there a little bit before Peter and he looks in and, and sure enough, no body, only burial clothes. And then Peter looks in, sure enough, no body, only burial clothes. And then the other disciple comes back for a second look, no body, only burial clothes. So then what do those two disciples do in response to, to seeing the tomb empty? They run back home. But Mary Magdalene remains. She stands outside of the tomb and she weeps. I said, this is tough stuff. It's, it's bad enough that, that one of her, her closest companions, her Lord, she called him, has been murdered. But now, to make matters even worse, his corpse is gone. So she's weeping, distraught, hurt. And suddenly, two angels appear, and she has a conversation with them. Why are you crying? Because my Lord's body's supposed to be here and it's, it's gone. And then she turns around from that conversation 
and she sees a man standing there. And it's Jesus. But she doesn't recognize him. Despite the fact that they spent each and every day with one another, that they were close friends, she fails to see that this is him right here. This is it's Jesus. She mistakes him for the gardener. For the gardener. So she says to this gardener, I don't know where his body is, but if, if you just show me where it is, please just show me where it is so that I can take it. And I'll deal with it. Just, just show me where it is. And this, this gardener, this, who she thinks is the gardener, Jesus, he just... He says her name, Mary. He says her name, and, and in that moment, she has the ability to see. Mary Magdalene becomes the, the first witness of resurrection because Jesus said her name, and she was able to see. beautiful but she thought he was the gardener it's kind of strange really when you consider the fact that Mary Magdalene thought he was the gardener when it all started where in a garden You know, long before his death and resurrection, Jesus told a story. It's one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. Jesus tells a story about this landowner. And this landowner really, really loved figs. That's figs with an F. I was told by the 815 crowd that somebody thought I said pigs. This landowner really, really loved figs, kind of like I really, really love cheesesteak, right? So the landowner really loves figs, and the landowner decides that he's going to plant a fig tree in his garden. And so he's going to plant this fig tree in the garden in the hopes that this fig tree will be fruitful, that it will provide him with many, many figs for him to enjoy this landowner in Jesus' story, he yearned to taste the sweetness of the figs. Yet year after year, he would come to the garden and you would see that the tree has grown, but there would be no figs. Year after year, the tree grows, yet there are no figs. Now, a good steward of a fig tree, a, a good holy person would allow it some time, a couple years, to start producing some fruit. Well, this landowner goes beyond that, not just a normal amount of time, but, but 
more than that, right? But still, no figs. So one day, the landowner is taking a walk through the garden. And the landowner says to his gardener, no figs. This fig tree is no good. Go and get the axe. Get the saw. It's time to cut it down. But the gardener, the gardener says to the landowner, Sir, how about we, we wait? Let's wait one more year. Let me see what I can do. Let me dig around it a little bit. Let me put some manure around it. Just let me see what I can do. And the landowner says, okay, fine. Let's see what you can do. That's the end of the story. We don't know what happens after that. Or maybe we do. Yeah, we do. We know what happens after that because Mary Magdalene sees him. Remember, remember how when, when she came into contact with the, 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 the risen Christ, she mistook him for the gardener? Mary wasn't mistaken. The work that had to be done in the garden has been completed. He has done it. It is finished. The gardener, the tender of the vineyard, the one through whom all things came into being through has done the work. He has dug around the sinfulness of a broken world. He has allowed the wheat and the weeds to grow together. The gardener has poured out his sweat, his blood, his body in the garden. And because of that, because he has poured out his blood and his sweat and his body in the garden, there is new life in the garden. There are figs abundant. Fruitfulness abounds. Life is abundant and everlasting. Eden has been restored now and later. Eden, paradise, has been restored now and forever because he has done it. Let's see what you can do. He has done it. He lives. You hear me? He lives. And because he lives, we are free from the death and the struggle that wants to find our kind. 
He lives, friends. And we are free to live as well. All because the gardener lives. Let us pray. Thank you for continuing to do things that seem impossible. Thank you for the restoration that has taken place in the garden. Thank you for tending to us and all that is and all that ever will be. Thank you for the gift of life, abundant and everlasting. We thank you in the name of the risen one, the gardener, Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people in one loud voice say, Amen. He